0: Hello everyone, this is Dr. Gwen. Today is December 16, 2010. I felt so strongly about this first report, I really wanted to um, get on it right away. This actually comes out of the Institute of Medicine and they did a report on um, dietary reference intakes for calcium and vitamin D. So let me go over this with you and share my thoughts. Um, calcium and vitamin D are, as you probably know, two essential nutrients long known for their role in bone health. And over the last 10 years, the last decade, the public has heard conflicting messages about other benefits of these nutrients, especially vitamin D, and also about how much they need to take to be healthy. To help clarify the issue, the U.S. and Canadian governments asked the Institute of Medicine, the IOM, To assess the current data on health outcomes associated with calcium and vitamin D, the IOM tasked a committee of experts with reviewing the evidence, as well as updating the nutrient reference values known as the DRI, which is uh, the Dietary Reference Intakes. These values are used widely by government agencies, for example, in setting standards for school meals or specifying the nutritional label on foods. Over time, they have come to be used by health professionals to counsel individuals about dietary intake. The committee provided provided an exhaustive review of studies on potential health, health outcomes and found that the evidence supported a role for these nutrients in bone health, but not in other health conditions. Overall, the committee concluded that the majority of Americans and Canadians are receiving adequate amounts of both calcium and vitamin D, and further, there is emerging evidence that too much of these nutrients may be harmful. The new reference values are based on much more information and higher quality studies than were available when the values for these nutrients were first set in 1997. The committee assessed more than 1,000 studies and reports and listened to testimony from scientists and stakeholders before making its conclusion. It reviewed a range of health outcomes, including but not limited to cancer, cardiovascular disease and hypertension, diabetes and metabolic syndrome, falls, immune response, neuropsychological functioning, physical performance, preeclampsia, and reproductive outcomes. Many of these have been uh, you probably have heard you know, you should take extra calcium in any of those conditions. The thorough review found that information about the health benefits beyond bone health, benefits often reported in the media, were from studies that provided often mixed and inconclusive res- results and could not be considered reliable. However, a strong body of evidence from rigorous testing substantiates the importance of vitamin D and calcium in promoting bone growth and maintenance. The DRI is intended to serve, or the dietary reference intake, is intended to serve as a guide for good nutrition and provide the basis for the development of nutrient guidelines in both the U.S. and Canada. The science indicates that an average 500 milligrams of calcium per day meets the requirements for children ages 1 through 3, and on average, 800 milligrams daily is appropriate for those ages 4 through 8, and the um, Institute of Medicine, which I'll, I'll share the link, has a wonderful table where they recommend how much you need through the lifespan. Adolescents need higher levels to support bone growth, about 1,300 milligrams a day. Women ages 19 through 50, and men up to 71 require an average 800 milligrams a day, whereas women over 50, and both men and women 71 and older should take in 1,000 milligrams per day on average to ensure they are meeting their daily needs for strong, healthy bones. And I I think that's so important because if we're saying that women over 50 and men over 70, usually um, what women will cut out of their diet are the calcium-rich foods um, for uh, weight control. Determining intake levels for vitamin D is somewhat more complicated. Vitamin D levels in the body may come from not only vitamin D in the diet, but also from synthesis in the skin through sunlight exposure. And of course, we're telling people do no, go in the sun. The amount of sun exposure one receives varies greatly from person to person, and people are advised against sun exposure, as I just said, to reduce the risk of skin cancer. So, therefore, the committee assumed minimal sun exposure when establishing the DRI for vitamin D, and it determined that North Americans need, on average, 400 international units of vitamin D per day. Uh, People age 71 and older need a little bit more. They need 800 international units because of potential changes in people's bodies as they age. So... National surveys in both the US and Canada show that most people receive enough calcium, with the exception of girls ages 9 through 18 who often do not take in enough calcium. In contrast, postmenopausal women taking supplements may be getting too much calcium, thereby increasing their risk for kidney stones. I really want to stress that one because I remember working on my dissertation research, which was looking at premenstrual syndrome. And at the time, this is back in the early 90s, there was a number of research studies, and albeit they were poorly done, that said uh, calcium was the, the panacea for um, premenstrual syndrome. So, And the American way, I don't know about Canadians, but the American way is if one works well, then they take more. So. I was really delighted to hear this uh, report come out. Information from national surveys shows vitamin D presents a complicated picture. While the average total intake of vitamin D is below the median requirement, national surveys showed that average blood levels of vitamin D are above the 20 nanograms per milliliter that the IOM committee found to be the level that is needed for good bone health for practically everyone. These inconsistent data suggest that sun exposure currently contributes meaningful amounts of vitamin D to North Americans and indicates that a majority of the population is meeting its needs for vitamin D. Nonetheless, some subgroups particularly those who are older and living in institutions, you know, think about it, how often does somebody in a, a nursing home get outside, or who have dark skin pigmentation may be at increased risk for getting too little vitamin D. Before a few years ago, tests for vitamin D were conducted infrequently. In recent years, the tests have become more widely used, and confusion has grown among the public about how much vitamin D is necessary. Furthermore, the measurements or cutoff points of sufficiency and deficiency used by laboratories to report results have not been set based on rigorous scientific studies, and no central authority has determined which cutoff points to use. A single individual might be deemed deficient or sufficient, depending on the laboratory where the blood is tested. Interesting. Anyway, the upper-level intakes set by the committee for both calcium and vitamin D represent the safe boundary at the high end of the scale and should not be misunderstood as amounts people need or should strive to consume. While these values vary somewhat by age, Um, as shown on the table, which I I will also put on my website, as well as uh, the URL, provide you with the URL. The committee concludes that once intakes of vitamin D surpass 4,000 international units per day, the risk for harm begins to increase. Once intakes surpass 2,000 milligrams per day for calcium, the risk for harm increases. So it's really important that you look at taking no more than 1,200 milligrams of calcium with vitamin D and not to... um, because What what it is is vitamin D helps transport calcium. As North Americans take more supplements and eat more foods that have been fortified with vitamin D and calcium, it becomes more likely that people consume high amounts of these nutrients. Kidney stones have been associated with taking too much calcium from dietary supplements. Very high levels of vitamin D greater than 10,000 international units per day are known to cause kidney and tissue damage. Strong evidence about possible risks for daily vitamin D at lower levels of intake is limited, but some preliminary studies offer tentative signals about adverse health effects. So in conclusion, they said that the scientific evidence indicates that calcium and vitamin D play key roles in bone health. The current evidence, however, does not and let me repeat that, does not support other benefits for vitamin D or calcium intakes. More targeted research needs to continue. However, the committee emphasizes that with a few exceptions, all North Americans are receiving enough calcium and vitamin D. Higher levels have not been shown to confer greater benefits, and in fact they've been linked to other problems challenging the concept. As I said earlier, that more is better. Um, Anyway, I I just found that report very, very profound, and I really wanted to be sure to share that with you. Um, That's all I'm going to do today because I'm hitting the nine-minute mark, and I I really do try to keep these under ten minutes. I do hope you enjoy these. I probably won't be podcasting until the end of the year or close to the new year, but I hope you're having a wonderful holiday season and that you take a moment just to tell your family, how much you appreciate them as well as your colleagues and your friends and just to be thankful for all that you have been blessed with and to and to give back an organization that I strongly recommend that you consider donating to is Kiva kiva.org k i v a.org uh, go to their website it's a wonderful place to you can support a individual or a group of individuals in different areas of the world to help them get uh, their business going, and it, it's just it's fantastic. Anyway, um, this is Doctor Gwen, and be happy and take good care of yourself. Bye now.